Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're talking about how pandemics end. I know, this, um, this is a touchy subject, because if you're familiar with history, and this is also going along with a British Medical Journal article, that um, we have had multiple, multiple pandemics throughout our history. As long as humans have been alive, viruses and pathogens and weakened immune system or stressors have affected our population. Now, this is at a British Medical Journal article, 2021, and it's the title of the article is The End of the Pandemic Will Not Be Televised. Now, I'm going to read a couple of parts of this because, um, quote, as the year 2021 started, the COVID-19 pandemics seemed to be receding. Discussions and predictions about opening up or return to normal and achieving herd immunity were in the air. But for many, optimum receded as cases and deaths surged in India, Brazil, and elsewhere. Attention turned to SARS-CoV-2 variants, most recently the emergence of Omicron. And just as it seemed to be on the horizon, it was interrupted by a foreboding that the pandemic could be a long way from over. Now, isn't that interesting? Okay, end of quote. Um, because it, it's it's literally, is this affecting everybody on the planet? No. They're looking at the entire world. So we have a communication network set up that has never been used before, okay, to panic the world. Okay, now the article goes on to state, quote, Unlike any previous pandemic, COVID-19 has been closely tracked through dashboards that aim to show the real-time movement and effect of coronavirus. They track laboratory testing metrics, hospital and intensive care admissions, transmission rates, and most recently, vaccine doses delivered. These dashboards, with their panels and numbers, statistics, epidemic curves, and heat maps have dominated our televisions, computers, and smartphones. <clears throat> At the core of their allure of objectivity and data to grasp into the midst of uncertainty and fear, and they have helped populations conceptualize the need for a rapid containment and control, directing public sentiment, fueling pressure for countermeasures, and maintaining an aura of emergency. They often sense, um, they offer a sense of control when cases are coming down following certain countermeasures, but can also drive helplessness and impending catastrophe when cases rise. End of quote. It's interesting is this has been going up and down. Now, governments have taken over a huge, I mean, they have literally restricted Movements um, in Germany, uh, in a lot of different states, in cities, um, in countries, they're quarantining healthy people, they're uh, eliminating rights, they're forcing medical procedures without informed consent, <coughs> now, all based in fear, not in actual fact. Now, um, this article goes on to state um, Problems defining the pandemic endings. <clears throat> and I have um, told a number of people 
okay, when, what type of assurances do you need to take the mask off? What type of assurances do you need to function in society? Well, here, uh, quoting from the article, there is no universal definition of epidemiologic patterns of the end of the pandemic. By what metric, then, will we know that it's actually over? The World Health Organization has declared that the COVID-19 pandemic, but who will tell us when it's over? The ubiquity of dashboards has helped create a sense that panic, that, that the pandemic will be over when the dashboard indicators all read zero. That's zero infections, zero cases, zero deaths, or 100% vaccinated. However, respiratory pandemics of the past century show that endings are not clear-cut and that pandemic closures are better understood in occurring with the resumption of social life, not achievement of specific epidemiologic targets. Now, let's look at that. Okay, you will never achieve 100% vaccinated. Why? Because they're now talking about the fourth booster and the fifth booster. So this is going to be a continual thing, particularly when you're talking about the boosters that aren't even producing the spike protein related to this current variant. And then there are no... Um, there are no available FDA-approved vaccines in America. You could say that Comirnaty was approved, but it's not being manufactured yet. So what is that? Zero infections, zero cases, zero deaths? Will that ever occur? Has that ever occurred in flu or anything else? No. Um, so let's look at this. Um, the article goes on, quote, Respiratory pandemics of the past 130 years have been followed by annual seasonal waves, fueled by viral endemicity, and typically uh, continues until the next pandemic. What goes down comes back up, and the difficulty in dating the end of a pandemic is reflect, reflected in the historical and epidemiologic literature. It's like, although many scholars describe the Spanish flu as occurring from 1918 to 1919, references really go from 1918 to 1920. Usually, what people call the fourth wave or mid-century Asian flu pandemic is described as a two-wave event from 1957 to 1958. A third wave uh, placed the end of the pandemic in 1959. So, you know, what, where where are they getting some of their statistics? Well, I was at a party Saturday night, stayed up late, and that's why I have a sore, a sore throat, funky throat right now. Because I am not good at staying up late, okay? I like to sleep, go to bed early, wake up early, and so I weaken my immune system. What I t was talking at this party to a fellow, that this is like nothing... The diagnostics are like nothing that's ever been done in any virus, ever. March 24th of last year, okay, the CDC, Center for Disease Control, said that, that if you think that COVID-19 is probable, likely, you do not need um, a follow-up test, and if it's associated with it. So if somebody was hit by a car, but they tested positive, that's a COVID death. So they're literally changing 
how they report deaths in order to raise the numbers. Now, I thought this was odd. Now, this is March 24th of 20, so a year and a half ago. So we know that the cases are not valid. A case is just a case. It's a healthy person that's asymptomatic. Now, let's go into this article again. The British, the end of the pandemic will not be televised. Quote, the notion reinforced by dashboards that a pandemic ends when cases or deaths drop to zero is at odds with historical evidence that substantial influenza morbidity and mortality occurs, continues to occur season after season between pandemics and in the interpandemic season of 1928 to 1929, for example, there were over 100,000 excess deaths related to influenza, the 1918 pandemic virus, um, are also estimated to have occurred in the United States in a population one-third the size of today. The distinctions are not trivial, as excess mortality is the classic metric for assessing severity. Interpandemic years have sometimes had higher death tolls than pandemic seasons followed, such as 1946-47 season that preceded the 1957-58 pandemic season. Hence, a pandemic's end cannot be defined by the absence of excess deaths uh, with the associated pandemic pathogen. History suggests that the pandemic will simply not follow the attainment of herd immunity or an official declaration, but rather it will gradually and unevenly as societies cease to be all consumed by the pandemic's shocking metrics. Pandemic ending is more of a question of lived experience, and that's more of a sociological phenomenon than a biologic one. Now, I'm going to stop the quote from there, because think of this. There are states that are living free. They don't require masking, social distancing, and you can count cases in them, but you're not seeing hospitalizations or deaths. So this is something we have to live with, just like every, you know, just think about this. When was the last time you met someone that had a cold or flu? I know, aside from me. Okay, when was the last time you met someone that had a cold or flu or sinus issues or a chronic cough or any of this stuff? No, no, it's just such a panicked world. You can't have a normal physiology or physiologic response. Like when we talk about the cure for the common cold, it literally is the mucus production. It's the coughing, the sneezing, the fever. These are all, this is all the cure for the common cold. Now, so the end of the pandemic is more of a sociological phenomenon than a biological one. Quote, and thus dashboards which do not measure mental health, education impact, and the denial of close social bonds are not the tool that will tell us when the pandemic will end. Indeed, considering how societies come to use dashboards, they may be a tool that helps prevent a return to normal. Think of that. So, the control of the media, 
the taking of power by the government. And you got to figure, historically, governments that take away your freedoms to protect your health or to give you security, they take away your freedoms to give you security. Uh, I think it was um, Jefferson that said you will have neither. You give up freedoms for securities, you will have neither. And that's what we're at. So this is why the social media is perpetuating this problem. Now, pandemics, at least respiratory viral pandemics, simply do not end in a manner amenable to being displayed on dashboards. Far from a dramatic end, pandemics gradually fade as society adjusts to living with the new disease agent and social life returns to normal. Isn't that interesting? Because that's exactly what's happening in a number of countries. And, of course, we do have Austria and, and Australia and Canada, which are going the opposite direction. They're locking everybody up. They're literally turning into a totalitarian system. Now, um, quote, an extraordinary period in which social life was upturned. The COVID-19 pandemic will be over when we turn off our screens and decide that other issues are once again worthy of our attention. Unlike its beginning, the end of the pandemic, pandemic will not be televised. Don't you love that? I, I mean, I mean, here I got to read that again. Um, the the COVID-19 pandemic will be over when we turn off our screens and decide other issues are once again worthy of our attention. Unlike its beginning, the end of the pandemic will not be televised. I mean, just brilliant, brilliant. Um, now, uh, there's another article out of the British Medical Journal, and I know this is going to be tough um, because of the censorship, but it was a letter from the British Medical Journal to Mark Zuckerberg um, on the fact-checking because now you can't have a discussion on science or a discussion of various opinions. There is a monopoly in how information is, is, is brought to the public or brought to the public's attention. And these social media giants are actually dictating policy. Now this letter, this was from November 2021, the title of the article is COVID-19 Researcher Blows the Whistle on data integrity issue in Pfizer's vaccine trial. That's the title of the article. Now, if you are aware of the facts that's going on with the world, the FDA took 108 days to review all of the Pfizer documents to, of their, their trials to approve it for emergency use authorization. Now, you would think that that, from freedom of information request or FOIA request, that that information would be pertinent to give to the public. They are going to give it to the public. Okay, this way the public can make an informed decision. They're going to release about 500 pages of the data a month, and so it will be completely released by in 70, 75 years. So I think it's 2075 20, 20, or... 20, um, 2096 now. So um, that's insane. If the FDA can review it in 108 days, they don't need 70 years for the public to review it. 
so let's just look at this whistleblower um, integrity. Open letter from the British Medical Journal to Mark Zuckerberg. Dear Mark Zuckerberg, we are uh, Fiona Godley and Cameron Abassi, editors of the British Medical Journal, one of the world's oldest and most influential general medical journals. We are writing to raise serious concerns about fact-checking being undertaken by third-party providers on behalf of Facebook and Meta. In September, a former employee of Ventavia, a contract research company, helped carrying out the main Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine trial, began providing the British Medical Journal with dozens of internal company documents, photos, auto-recordings, and emails. This, these materials revealed a host of poor clinical trial research practices occurring at Ventavia that could impact data integrity and patient safety. We also discovered that despite receiving a direct complaint about these problems, over a year ago, the FDA did not inspect Ventavia's trial sites. <coughs> the British Medical Journal commissioned an investigative reporter to write up the story for our journal. The article was published on November 2nd following legal review, external peer review, and subject to the British Medical Journal's highest level of editorial oversight and review. But from November 10th, readers began reporting a variety of problems when trying to share the article. Some reported they were unable to share it. Many others reported having their posts flagged with a warning about missing content. Independent fact-checkers say this information could mislead people. Those trying to post the article were informed by Facebook that people who repeatedly shared false information might have their post moved lower in the Facebook news feed group. Administrators where the article was shared received messages from Facebook informing them that such posts were partly false. Readers were directed to fact-check perform, uh, performed by Facebook contractor named Lead Stories. Now, we find the fact-check performed by Lead Stories to be inaccurate, incompetent, and irresponsible. It fails to provide any assertions of fact that British Medical Journal article um, got wrong. It has a nonsensical title of fact-check. The British Medical Journal did not reveal disqualifying and ignored reports of flaws in Pfizer COVID-19 trials. The first paragraph inaccurately labels the British Medical Journal as a news blog. It contains a screenshot of our article with a stamp over it stating flaws reviewed. Despite the lead story's article not identifying anything false or untrue in the British Medical Journal article, and it published the story under its website under a URL that contained the phrase hoax alert. I, okay. Just, just understanding that the dashboards, the dashboards that's controlling the narrative, and this is your TV, your cell phone, your iPad, all of that information is fueling the pandemic. It's fueling the pandemic. Well, well let, let's go back to the article. Um, the title of the article, The End of the Pandemic Will Not Be Televised. And I, I'm going to have this. I'm not going to be doing our health talk tonight because I really need to 
get in the sauna and heat up and heal. But let's go on this. Quote, dashboards fighting or fueling the pandemic. Well, visual depictions of the epidemics have existed for centuries. COVID-19 is the first one which in real-time dashboards have saturated and structured the public's experience. Some historians have observed that pandemics do not conclude when disease transmission ends, but rather in attention of the general public and the judgment of certain media and political elites who shape that attention, the disease ceases to be newsworthy. Um, Pandemic dashboards provide endless fuel, ensuring the constant newsworthiness of the COVID-19 pandemic, even when the threat is low. In doing so, they might prolong the pandemic by curtailing a sense of closure and a return to pre-pandemic life. Deactivating or disconnecting ourselves from the dashboards may be the single most powerful action towards the end of the pandemic. This is not burying one's head in the sand, but rather it's recognizing that no single or joint set of dashboard metrics can tell us when the pandemic's over. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.